0: This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew
1: Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on everybody and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm your host, Andrew Hustler-Patterson, Michael Remus along for the ride. Uh, I'm in space today, um, which sort of feels probably like where many Winnipeg Jet fans are right now after a seventh consecutive loss last night, another one in heartbreaking fashion. To the Ottawa Senators. We've got a lot of Jets talk to get to today. Rod Peterson's going to join us from the Rod Peterson show. Um, Rod, one province over. It'd be good to get somebody from out of the market that pays close attention to the team for his thoughts on what is going on right now. And of course, we also have coming up the uh, CFL draft tonight. Very strange year for the CFL in so many ways. Draft, absolutely one of those. So we'll talk to Rod a little bit about what he's looking for tonight going forward. Um, we always want to give a big shout out to the Winnipeg Sports Talk fam of sponsors right off the bat, Not Auto Corp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Breezy Bend, Cool Bend, and our two newest sponsors, Assiniboia Downs and the Little Brown Jug Brewing Company. Great to have them on board. Let's get to it and welcome in Michael Remus to the program. Remo, um, I imagine this background has something to do with Star Wars.
2: May the Fourth be with you. Happy Star Wars Day, Hus. Come on, I put you. Uh, I put you in are space. You, are you a big Star Wars guy? No, it never struck me as a big Star Wars. No, guy. Uh, not at all. But uh, I acknowledge holidays and uh, today's Star Wars Day, so I figured it would be appropriate to put you. I've seen like the first one, like the OG, and I've seen a couple others, but no, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. But I recognize uh, that a lot of people are, so um, I think we have to pay our respects.
1: Well, it's a good job. Get me out of the bar for one afternoon and uh, out into space. Um, you know, we just sometimes you got to get away from everything. And yeah. we thought that's what the Winnipeg Jets needed when they headed out on the road. A loss on Friday night to the Montreal Canadiens, followed up by this loss last night it has a lot of people shaking their heads wondering what has happened to the Winnipeg Jets, Remus. Um, <laughs> what did you think about last night's game? I. You know, to be honest, uh, you know the team played quite well in some aspects. They certainly were were bringing it. They're working hard. Um, but as we heard, and we'll hear from Blake Wheeler, um, it just seems like the smallest mistakes end up in the back of the net, and um, they just the problems continue to compound. Now at seven in a row, the longest losing streak we've seen from any Jets club since the Atlanta Thrashers got here ten years ago.
2: Yeah, this is uh, this is getting out of hand. Uh, the game last night, by all accounts, I think the Jets should have won. I mean, they finally outshot a team at even strength. They drew a lot of penalties, which they hadn't done the last couple games. They were, Josh Morrissey had, what, nine shots on goal? Very uncharacteristic of Josh Morrissey.
1: He brought it last night. I mean, that was a guy that was playing. He played a desperate brand of hockey. Um, By the way, a lot of people shouting out the lid. That's right. Check out this beauty. Little brown jug. And i got to thank Dustin for that, as well as some of the uh, delicious beers we got. Um, We'll get into that a little bit later on. But I will tell you, um, you can pop by this very soft hat. That was the thing that blew me away. So comfortable. So um, anyways, appreciate that. And uh, thanks to everyone. Yesterday was New Haircut Day. Today, new hat day, courtesy of our friends at Little Brown Jug. Um, Reem, seven in a row right now, and I can't believe I am saying this, but I know a lot of people are thinking about it. We've been discussing the fact that, you know, this team's in the playoffs. Is it going to be, can they catch, you know, can they get first place? Well, that has been answered. What's it going to be like in a likely first-round scenario with the Edmonton Oilers? Well, that's not for sure anymore, as the Montreal Canadiens have now tied the Jets, but one thing that this team still has not done yet is clinch a damn playoff spot right now. And um, I think there's a lot like, are we going to now? Let's change the focus, recalibrate the expectations. And I think we now need to be doing a countdown just to clinching a playoff spot, never mind who the team's going to yeah. be playing, just to get to that finish line because they're not there yet and they haven't gotten any closer over the last two and a half weeks. Playoffs? I'm talking <laughs> about playoffs? <laughs> We're just, really... we'll yeah, we're just trying to win another game. We're just trying to win another game.
2: That's our Jim, Jim Mora, which is uh, now, like, what is that, like 20 years ago now? Uh, very, very crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like every other team clinching Edmonton clinched yesterday. Now they're on to Is McDavid going to get 100 points? Now for the Jets, I know that their playoff chances, according to Moneypuck, dropped to 99%. But yeah, we're just—I mean, (laughs) so it's definitely looking pretty, pretty likely. But I'd say winning a game and you know getting that W tomorrow night against uh, Calgary, nice 8:30 uh, Central start. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I mean, you look at the game last night, uh, Philip Gustafson. We were kind of like, who? Who's this guy? But he's had (laughs) very—we found out quickly. Yeah, (laughs) he's got some (laughs) very good numbers. Um, It was very good last night, and the the story of the game for the Jets. You know, they give up a shorty. And you go zero for six on the power play. So if you go over six on the power play and give up a shorthanded goal, you're gonna have a bad time. And they had chance, have a chance. Morrissey, he got one, could have had a couple more. Um, you know, I remember Dubois was looking skyward at one point. Stasny Ugh. had chances. There were chances to be had, but it just that's the way that it's going for the Jets right now. Not not great.
1: No, um, special teams is a huge story of the game. I mean, Connor Brown, man, has he killed the Winnipeg Jets this year in the games that they've had a tough time against Ottawa. And he's had an amazing season. He had that goal-scoring streak. He's been a real impact player and a guy that, you know, the sort of guy that Ottawa needs. But, I mean, the way the Jets played at 5-on-5, I thought was outstanding for the most part. You know, you can take whatever. They're playing against Ottawa. I get it. It's not Toronto or Edmonton. But, you know, this team needs some success. It needs a win. And we thought that maybe they would get it last night. And, the shorthanded goal against was, you know, a bit of a. Uh, it was a buzzkill for them because I think they were rolling pretty good at that point. And then the five-on-five play—the one thing I will say—we um, hadn't been seeing a lot of power-play opportunities because I don't think the Jets were doing the sort of things that they needed to do to draw those penalties. They certainly did those yesterday. I mean, they created a ton of great scoring chances, which resulted in penalties. Unfortunately, not goals. And then, remote the second period was essentially, for about the first 15 minutes, a jet power play practice against a pretty good penalty-killing unit. Um, But they weren't able to get a goal, and when that happens, you know some penalties are going to be going back the other way. You know, we saw that unfortunate one to Dubois at the end of the second period, which sort of set them back, killing a penalty right off the top of the second. They finally get the goal. Josh Morrissey rewarded for all that rubber he was putting on net, Mm. and as we mentioned, he had a real strong game last night. And... Man, the, the way, I mean, it's a Murphy's loss situation for the Jets right now. I was watching the game with a couple friends, and I mentioned that, um, you know, Stanley, I thought it had a really strong game, and, you know, we weren't sure whether he'd see be seeing the ice because, you know, they switched to Morrissey with Pionk, and then you had Pullman playing with Forbert. Wasn't sure whether we'd see much of DeMello or Stanley in the final few minutes, but there they were. Stanley, who I thought had a real strong game, unable to get the puck out, clears it off a skate or a stick. And at that point, I'm sure I wasn't the only one going, oh man, this is going to end up in the back of the net. Sometimes when things are going bad, you just feel it in advance. And sure enough, that is what happened. And uh, man, it's certainly not the first time the Jets have lost a uh, you know a guaranteed point late in the third period. But this one seemed to st- uh, to sting even a little bit more. And after the game, Um, You know, we heard from Blake Wheeler, who did take to the podium and discuss the seventh straight loss. And it was pretty clear that they're sort of at a loss for words. I think they felt better about the way that they played last night. Um, But again, this is a results-based business, and they are not getting the results right now. And um, you could really feel
2: that sort of angst from the captain of the hockey club last night. Yeah, I'm just going to get this uh, clip loaded. And uh, they've had a number of losses, I think, the last couple of years. Um, I mean, the Jets seem to be no stranger to giving up goals in the last minute when, you know, you think they should be headed to overtime at least. And, you know, last night, that was a tough one to give up. And you mentioned Logan Stanley. Uh, his presence was felt early by the Sens, uh, body checking Thomas Shabbat, and he's actually going to miss the rest of the season. And now he left the game following that hit. So, I mean, that was an element they certainly needed from him. But, you know, get a bit scrambly in the final minute, uh, a big rip from Zaitsev from the top. You know, Lowry slides to block. Stanley's trying to block in front of Bruce. Willis. He didn't see it, so tough break there. But uh, we were all tuned in, Huss, to hear the, to hear the team after. And uh, here, I can bring up Blake. Yeah, Whe- let's,
1: let's get the kid. We've got a couple clips from the coach, which we'll play maybe a little bit later on. But um, this was Captain Blake Wheeler after the game, obviously frustrated after the Jets dropped seven in a row.
3: It feels like we have to be perfect to win a game. Uh, Hockey is probably, you know, I mean, every sport's imperfect, but hockey is the most imperfect sport there is. I mean, each player on both teams probably makes a mistake at some point, you know, almost every shift. And um, right now we made, you know, today we made uh, a couple of them and we we paid for them. So uh, it's just really important for our team to drown out the noise right now and, and look at that film and say that that was a. Uh, the only thing missing was a result.
1: Well, the result was missing. But I think that, yeah, listen, for a team that's been playing the way that they have been, coming off that game against, you know, the Canadians on Friday and the Monday earlier against Edmonton, I don't think there's any doubt that this was a better performance. Um, but <laughs> something good has to happen for this hockey club before they get to the beginning of the second season um, and you'll hope that some of that confidence can return it was nice to see Adam Lowry back certainly it'll be big to get Nikolai Ehlers back in the lineup um but right now not going the Winnipeg Jets away um we've got Rod Peterson joining us in just a couple minutes looking forward to getting Rod's take on what we've got from the Winnipeg Jets um and we'll also hear from coach of uh, the um from Coach Maurice a little bit later on with a couple clips and Brandon Ruwicky is going to join us coming up uh, around quarter to two. Uh, I know he'll have some hot takes for us on the local uh, local hockey club. Uh, as always, brought to you by Not Auto Corp. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team at Waverly and McGilvery? All sorts of vehicles, all makes and models, including the largest selection of Tesla vehicles in Manitoba right now. Um, you can find out more in person. Talk to them about maybe getting out of your lease with their very successful consignment program or helping you sell the vehicle you have already. You can do it in person, Waverly and McGilvery at NOT AutoCorp or online at NOT.ca. And I'm not sure if Nick's in the chat right now, but shout out to a Nick and Nikki from the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, DQ Northgate, uh, DQ Niverville, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. As I mentioned yesterday, Mother's Day is coming up. You may not be having the huge gathering, but why don't you treat mom with one of the great DQ cakes? You can order from any of the Nick and Nikki DQs for the weekend, or maybe even better, go on Instagram, give them a follow at DQ Manitoba. Fire him a message. You can get going like that and then uh, pick it up a little bit later on. And, uh, again, don't forget those two for five treat deals at all four Nick and Nicky DQs after 8 p.m. All right. We've got lots to get to with our next guest, our very good friend. He is the host of the Rod Peterson Show, one province to the west, the loquacious longtime voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and now killing it every day on the Game Plus Network. <laughs> YouTube, Facebook, kind of leading right into Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And I know a lot of the folks that are in our chat have probably just spent a couple hours <laughs> with Rod Peterson himself. What's going on, Hot Rod? Great to talk to you again, man. You
0: know, Huss, this is awesome. Uh, yes. Can you hear me fine? I got oh, new sure. headphones that I'm using. Okay, good. sure can. You sound great. You know what this reminds me of? When Tootie from Facts of Life showed up on different strokes, and it was just like... <laughs> <clears throat> are the... You know what I mean?
1: Yes. It's like, uh, what is going on? worlds colliding.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. So a lot of the people watching my show said, see you over on WFT or WST. So here we are. Yeah, that's good.
1: Well, I love it. I'm loving your show and it's great to have you on. And you mentioned about worlds colliding. Um, How about just the world collapsing? Because that's what it feels around Winnipeg right now with this hockey club. Now I did see some of your tweets earlier on in this losing streak, telling people to pump the brakes This is a good hockey club. They'll get through this. Um, We're now at seven, Rod. Where uh, where are you at? Where are you at on the Winnipeg Jets right now with five games left in this regular season?
0: Where I'm at, and you just remember this, and your viewers should know that a close friend of mine is a Sask Party MLA in the government by the name of Ken Cheveldayoff. And his brother, you might have heard of him, is Kevin Cheveldayoff. So we talk Jets quite a bit. And we're Jets backers. And I just realized we had a poll on our show a while back saying who would win a series between Toronto and Edmonton and the Winnipeg people were writing in saying, what about the Jets? I'm like, we're not asking about the Jets. This was like six weeks ago, Huss, when they were on top, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I, it's the roller coaster that we actually experience over here with Rider fans. I'm not as familiar with Bomber fans, but it's just I think they'll snap out of it. I think the playoffs are a different season. I had Darren Dreger on my show yesterday. He wholeheartedly agrees if that means anything. As Winnipeg Media alumni, they will come out of this. The playoffs are a different season. Hus, they know that they're going to be there. I saw the Wheeler comment, and then I saw what Palmo said after the game last night, that five on five, we were fine. Yeah, we were 0 for 6 for the power play. But I think if you've been around sports long enough, and you have to not just in the media, but around the game. If you keep pounding and pounding, that door does, you know, get pounded open as long as you believe in yourself. And, you know, with Lowry coming back, Ehlers by the playoffs, they're in the playoffs. They're not wearing themselves out in a stretch drive like some teams are. Look at Colorado and Vegas, right, for first place. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. So, I, like, I'd like to see them turn it around soon, but I'm not willing to write the season off like so many of – uh Jets fans are. That's just me.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's a strange situation, Rod, because for <clears> all the year, and, you know, there may have been some underlying numbers that maybe would suggest that their record was a bit better than the team was overall. Maybe they were leaning on their goaltender a little bit too much. This is not the first time we've been saying that around Winnipeg about this hockey club. Um, And I'll say this. If you ask most Jet fans at the beginning of 56 games and said, guys, at 51 the team would be 27, 21, and whatever, three or four, and would have a 10-point lead on Calgary, would basically need one win to clinch their playoff spot and be there. Just about all Jet fans, I think, would have taken that. It's just very different than when, you know, if you have all that. Oh, but by the way, you were 27 and 14 three weeks ago and, you know, really struggling coming down the stretch. It, it, it's clear the talent is in this, in this dressing room. I mean, we've seen them do it before, But it's strange to see them as lost as they've been at times over the last little while, and it's pretty clear. they got to get it together ASAP.
0: But what do people say when you say that to them, Huss? Because that's the reason thing. Like You would take this if you were told this three months ago. What's their reaction to that? Because I would say the same thing as you. Yeah, well, listen, big
1: picture when you say that, they're sort of like, yeah, but um, look, I mean, (laughs) there is a – There is a level of recency bias in everything that we do. And to be honest, I mean, other than what the record is right now, none of what happened a month or two months ago really matters right now. All that being said, none of this is really going to matter in two weeks when the playoff begins if the team gets back to it. But it's pretty clear right now of the way the team has been floundering, the results that they've had, and some of the issues with the hockey club that um, it doesn't matter. If you don't get things turned around, you can make the playoffs. It's probably going to be a short series against the Leafs or Edmonton, whoever it is, unless we kind of get the Jets back to the team that they were at times in, uh, in brighter days during this
0: 56-game campaign. But again, it's a fifty-six game sprint, not a marathon. But, you know, people talk about the benching of Shifley. It's Paul Maurice trying to send a message. I'm not entirely sure what that message was, but <clears throat> what have they not corrected? This is what I don't like in the Winnipeg Jets game, Andrew, is they don't play heavy. They don't play physical if they don't have to. They're 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 too much of a finesse team for my liking. And I'm just wondering if it's late enough in the season to drive those messages home. They don't play great team defense. And their starts haven't been very good all either, for whatever reason. Maybe that's just their thing. But they've got 10 days here, two weeks to figure it out, and they are going to be in the playoffs. But what, like what you say, what their record was two weeks ago, they were lining up to have home ice against the Orders in round one, and now it's like they're the road team against the <laughs> Leafs in round one. Like, Like everything has changed, but I still think that they're – Right now, fine-tuning the details, getting ready for the playoffs. I'm just, can you play physical against conor McDavid? And now it looks like Matthews and Marner, because that's what you're going to have to do come playoff time. And can you t- take the lessons that you learned last year against Calgary and apply them this year? We're talking a team that won the line A trade going away. But what if they scored 10 goals in the last seven games? Would you take line A now? You still probably wouldn't, Huss. I still don't think you would.
1: Uh, I'll be honest. Personally, I wouldn't mind to have Patrick Laine out there right now to maybe light the lamp because this team really needs goaltending or needs some goal scoring. We know that it's tough. And and Liney's a player. I think there's a lot of comparisons right now, Rod. I think fair comparisons to the Winnipeg Jets team of two years ago. Uh, it was a team that was right there for first overall at about the new year. And in the second half of the season, really sort of you know they collapsed and you know some would say they sort of um there was some internal combustion if you will we all heard the ruffled feathers line at the end from coach Paul Maurice and what needed to be done and the work all that um you know they played their worst hockey of the year coming down the stretch in game 81 they lost to the Colorado Avalanche and had a players only meeting afterwards and it really seemed like the bottom was falling out They go into the series against St. Louis, lose the first two games at home, and it looked like that was going to be it. They ended up losing the series in six, but what a lot of people forget is they came back with two huge road wins in St. Louis, in game three, in game four, and the infamous game five here in Winnipeg that still haunts many of us. They were up to nothing. Kevin Hayes has the puck inside the crease, somehow pulls it back out and then the rest is history with the comeback from the St. Louis Blues. So they did actually get it back together enough to get right back in the series, and it didn't go their way. Maurice said yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before, that you know there is a unique opportunity here for the Winnipeg Jets, that if they can get back to being the team that we know that they can be, um, they could benefit greatly from this adversity they've been going through right now. Are you buying that, Rod?
0: I absolutely am. I I fully intend that they're going to snap out of this. You can look at a long losing streak or a winning streak and say, well, at least they're consistent. This is not going to tail off and take them. They're they're not this team, Andrew. They're not. It's just you're going to go through peaks and valleys in a season. And I just feel that the hockey fans in Winnipeg are so rabid. I just think that they can't see it. They're so deep into the forest. They can't see it. I'm sitting here. You said it. One province over. I watch every game. They're still that same team and Pomos still trying to drill in the things into their systems that they're not doing. This is what the next 2 weeks are for, is fine tuning and then the playoffs. I they they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. They got the best goalie. He needs to play like it and I think he will. I didn't think that I didn't think they would lose a goaltending battle to Cam Talbot last year in the playoffs. That can't happen twice, I don't think. And by the way, if we're previewing a Leafs series with Winnipeg, who are they starting in goal? By the way,
1: yeah, probably Jack Campbell with the record that he's had. But and what did mean, he do again, last night? <laughs> there's, yeah, I mean, there's no, there certainly is no guarantees, and and that is a huge. Well, here, let me ask you this, Rod, because again, you've got no skin in the mm-hmm. game. Hell, you're a Vegas Golden Knights guy. You've pledged allegiance to the Knights of the Desert. So Canada's but, team, but <laughs> Canada's team, get the <laughs> hell out of here. But. You do have, um, I mean, you've been following this division all year long, talking about it every day on, on the show. Let me ask you this. I mean, from Saskatchewan, handicapped the North right now. We know what's happening with the Winnipeg Jets, but going into the playoffs, who do you think is the best team? And I'll pose you that. It's very clear that Toronto and Edmonton are the top two teams in the division as we have this conversation today. Um, if you had to lay a nickel on one of those two teams to come out, um, who, who's getting it?
0: Uh, well... <laughs> I'm going to probably have to say Toronto, I'd, I'd like to think that the I've, I've been saying all year, these aren't your dad's jets, these aren't the jets that lose to the Oilers every year when they would go up against each other like the 80s. I think they have a chance. But I I, I would have a tough time going against Toronto when it looked like they were going to run away with things. Hus, at the start of the year, I said, OK, I wasn't a believer, but now you'd better win the Stanley Cup. If you're this far ahead of everybody else, it had better be the Toronto Maple Leafs coming out of the Scotia North Division or they're the same old Leafs. Good regular season face plant in the playoffs. Montreal, you got a coach who's coaching for his job, a GM who's GMing for his job, because if they don't, Patrick Wall might be in there. But to answer your question, Toronto, I would put Winnipeg ahead of Edmonton because I'm not sold on the Oilers goaltending. Like that's a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me thing. I just don't think Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen can get it done when the chips are down. Goaltending does win in the playoffs. It was injuries that sunk the Jets last year. Let's just say all things being equal, if the Jets come in healthy and they have their uh, Ealers and Lowry, I think the Jets can beat Edmonton in round one and it would line up against Toronto in round two. And then it's a toss-up. But Montreal's not part of the equation as far as I'm concerned. They're They're coming. I like them. But they're not in the echelon with these other teams.
1: It was a gutsy win by the Habs on Friday. I mean, with where they were, with Calgary sort of on their heels, um, even with the situation of the Jets just four points up on them, um, you know, they come back in that game down to nothing with seven minutes left in the second period with no Carey Price, with no Shea Weber, with no Brendan Gallagher, no Jonathan Drouin. Uh, and and you know and that was that was a bit of an eye opener for Winnipeg Jet fans because as bad as it seemed like the season bottomed out on the Monday against Edmonton, there were some things that were maybe even more concerning about that game against the Montreal Canadiens. And you know the Canadians have then have had a few results and they have sort of right back into it. So it does seem is before we move on from the north, interested in your thoughts on Calgary and what happened <laughs> to the Calgary Flames this season because. On paper, I mean, going into the season, I, mean, I think you saw the talent. We remembered what they did in the bubble last year against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I don't think anyone could have seen Calgary essentially being eliminated from the
0: playoffs with a month left in the season. Let's uh, – <laughs> two ways to go on that. One, very easy answer, or two, a very long, difficult answer, and I'll just give you the easy one. You talk about them – you know, they were up in the series against Dallas last year and folded in, like, a cheap tent in, what was it, Game 5? The year before, Andrew, they finished first in the Western Conference. (laughs) Think about that for a second. So when they had to fire Jeff Ward this year and replace him with Daryl Sutter, what it told me was if they don't turn it around, and I had them picked to be first in Canada. Okay, I'm like, they've been this close the last two years. All they need is a goalie. First place, Bob's your uncle. And they get eliminated with a month to go. What it tells me is there's Far deeper problems there in Calgary than who's standing on the bench, and they've had an absolute revolving door. Ask Glenn Gullitson, ask Bob Hartley, ask <clears throat> all the guys that have been. Ask Bill Peters, ask Jeff Ward. Think about that for a second. You've had one coach that whole time. Yeah. So it's a culture problem in Calgary. That's all that I'll say. And this is what I know: the Sutter, if you know, if they turned it around, everybody was going to keep their job, and they didn't. So what does that tell you? They're going to clean house. And I believe the only guy that's left standing will be Daryl Sutter. So there's your prediction.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we've been talking with the guys on 960 when I've been doing shows up there. I mean, it really does seem like, you know, what the Flames have been doing for the last, you know, month. You know, although they sort of got in, excited the fans a couple times with a few wins, um, this is really an evaluation period for Daryl Sutter to see who he wants to ride with next season um, and who Brad Terleving will be uh, getting one-way tickets out of Calgary at some point, probably around the draft or around the start of July.
0: I thought that they might start the blow-up at the trade deadline and move a good row and some of these under uh, underperforming guys, but maybe it was because of money. Maybe it was because of contract. I don't know. But this team will be blown up in the offseason. And maybe it does start with a general manager and go from there. And maybe Brad <clears throat> was too afraid to make a move at the deadline. I'm not sure. But the point is they didn't turn it around under Daryl, whom the owner Murray Edwards thinks a ton of. And that's what leads me. Daryl's got a three-year contract. They didn't hire him to fire him this summer. <laughs> That's my point. So I got a, I got an idea where this is going and who's going to be brought in there, but <clears throat> let's just wait and see. We'll wait for the bomb to go off. Cause it's going to go off.
1: Uh, Rod Peterson, host of the Rod Peterson show with us live here on Winnipeg sports talk. If you're with us in the chat, great to have you with us. Make sure to hit that like, and if you haven't already hit the red subscribe button, what are you waiting for? Help us out and join us on a daily basis here on Winnipeg sports talk. Um, Rod, right. what, what did you start off with today? I, I'm interested because today is sort of a big day in CFL circles with the draft, and we'll talk about that. Was that the top story today, or did you guys just get right into it this morning with the uh, aftermath of last night's hockey, Jets' loss, another ridiculous night for Connor McDavid, and not all that hockey that was played last night?
0: Number one was the CFL draft, and I'll tell you why. As a 20-year CFL guy voice of the Rough Riders, they deserve the coverage. For the GMs, the scouts, this is their Super Bowl, Andrew. For the players that are going to be drafted tonight, they deserve it to have a draft day special. But we had a poll question today was, will you be watching the CFL draft? And over 60% of respondents said no. And that's on a sports show. So you can take that a variety of ways if you want it. We kind of had the fun talk with, how could you glitz this up? Could you even rival the NFL with what they do? Versus, is this just a cattle call, a necessary transactional thing for the teams, right? To separate the players and away we go. We, we we covered everything. And Craig Smith, who spent many years, most recently as the director of player personnel with the Blue Bombers, was our guest to break down the field tonight and what he sees happening in round one and beyond. So we went pretty deep on CFL draft stuff. Both, you know, TSN's going to air the first two rounds. And is it even worth having anymore? Are we going to have a season? We talked about it all.
1: Now, uh, listen, before we get to the bigger pictures, let's just focus in on the draft. Um, It's a very different draft this year. I mean, you lose an entire season. You already had players draft. How is everything that's happened to the league going to affect tonight? And how will it be different from a 2018 or a 2019 draft that we remembered pre-COVID?
0: It's a great question. And I think CFL fans and your viewers should know if they don't already. They had a draft class come in last year, the entire CFL. That didn't get into a training camp war play. We didn't have a 2020 season for not just the CFL, but for youth sports. So, this now we're now we got two draft classes bunched up. They're going to try and get on the field in a couple months' time if there's a season at all. And the CFL hasn't really made it clear as to how they're going to do this. That they're calling them cohorts, Andrew, in terms of two consecutive draft classes, both being rookies. See how that's just a major bottleneck of talent coming into your program. And then you've got Canadians playing in the NCAA that are eligible for the draft. You've got Canadians playing in U sports that haven't played in a year, in some cases, two years for a variety of reasons. And then you got a guy by the name of Jake Burt, who's from Regina, raised in Boston, played at Boston College, was with the Patriots last year, and he's been deemed eligible for the draft. So it's an absolute dog's breakfast of guys that are available to be selected tonight. Now, it's been a lot of fun to predict who's going to go where. John Hodge of three down has put his mock draft up at three down. I don't agree with all of his picks, but that's what's fun about it. He's got Terrell Jana, uh, receiver going uh, number one overall to Hamilton. He played at Virginia. Does that give you a bit of an idea of what, you know, who might hear their names called tonight? It's, it's a dog's breakfast.
1: Well, and and what's interesting is that, you know, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first year that NCAA juniors are in the draft. And I think part of that is, that I think they'll be quite popular picks in that, you know, yes, you won't know that they'll be there for you next year, but it might give you a chance to sort of spread out the talent and not have every single one of your picks basically needing to make that decision this year, presuming that we get on the football field.
0: Yeah, well, that's all the intricacies of this draft. And I believe the football people, I think they'd like to just have the draft and say, would you guys leave us alone and we'll just tell you who we draft after? You know what I mean? I don't think they like the idea of promoting this. They see this as, a, like I said, it's a football transactional thing that's necessary that doesn't really need a lot of attention. And I completely Disagree with that. We talked about it at length for two hours today and got people interested. They said, I didn't even know the draft was tonight. I'm now going to watch on TSN. I I think what the NFL drafts become, and I was watching what you were tweeting over the weekend and the comments you were making, that's a marketing vehicle for the National Football League. For the most part, we don't know who these guys are. But I like your hat, Andrew. I texted you about your Chiefs hat. It's a vehicle. And how can that be? Why should that be any different in the CFL than the NFL? Maybe we don't know who these guys are, like we know with Trevor Lawrence and a Trey Lance and a a Zach Wilson. But you know what? Who cares? We're going to get to know them. That's, That's where I think my vision for what the CFL draft could be is a lot different than what the CFL's is. And that's both the football guys and the marketing people.
1: Um, Well, Rod, while we're talking about the Canadian Football League, I've had this conversation with you on your show, but let's reverse the roles here. Um, I know a lot of people will be quite interested in your feelings as to where we are right now going forward as the Canadian Football League. Give us your thoughts on the chances that we actually get a season. Uh, Well, first of all, will there be a season and what are the things that have to happen to get CFL football on the field, because there are a number of variables that play into the entire equation.
0: Okay. I had three hurdles identified. It's now become four and here they are. Number one, COVID and the variant self-explanatory number two money. A lot of teams don't have a lot of money. It's been a year and a half without revenue. Figure that out. Is the government going to pay for a return to play? Is a sugar daddy going to play pay is the rock going to pay? Where's the money coming from? Um, Three, does everybody want to play? We've heard MLSC does not. We've heard the new Alouette owners who are tied to MLSC do not. Can we convince all nine teams to play? And the additional fourth hurdle that I actually mentioned with you now that I, yeah, you brought that up on the Calgary radio was, are you going to get people that even want to come to the stadium? You know, there was that poll on Calgary television. 70% of people said they won't go to McMahon Stadium in the fall, even if they are fully vaccinated. That's four huge hurdles. And then the other one, Andrew, was Dr. Bonnie Henry, B.C.'s top doctor. Yours is Brent Rusin. Ours is Dr. Shahab. These people are the heroes. They're the stars. They're the ones that were waiting for their updates. On March 5th, Dr. Bonnie Henry in B.C. said, we will be living, B.C. could be living the post-pandemic life by this summer. They got everybody excited. On Monday, her media briefing, she stated, there will be no large gatherings in BC, B.C. this summer, fall, and likely into next winter. I took those two headlines back to back and put them on my show today. And people thought I was trashing her. I said, I'm not trashing her. She's the person I'm going to for leadership to say, where are we going with this? If she doesn't know, how could anybody say they know? So my take was 60-40 to the no that they play this year. It might be 70-30 to the no. And that's the unfortunate thing. And I guess Stephen Brunt was on your other station this morning. Can we say it? Fan 960 in Calgary. Brunt this morning openly asked Andrew, did you see this? Is this the last CFL draft? He said that.
1: It's, uh, I mean, these things have to be discussed right now, Rod. I mean, this goes back to the reporting that started off with nails and whatnot of TSN that you know, this conversation in and around the XFL. And you've been one of the more outspoken people in all of Canadian media that, you know, people need to wake up about the seriousness of the situation for the league and that, you know, there's a lot of old schoolers that would love everything just to be the way it has been forever. Um, but unfortunately, right now, it seems like that status quo, when you add in the coronavirus and what it's done to our economy in these teams it, it's just, it simply cannot continue the way things were. Now, listen, would I prefer it to for a white knight to come in and give everyone the money and, you know, they could have the time to properly market it and try and try and regenerate the league? Well, yeah, I'd love that. But I'm not seeing that happening right now, Rod. And that means they need to be thinking long and hard about anything else they can do. And it seemed like that's where these conversations with the XFL came about.
0: Well, and I think that the because I worked in the league for so long, I think a lot of the owners, presidents, governors, not all of them, but a lot of them live in a vacuum and they can't really see outside that vacuum. It's that whole thing about seeing the forest for the trees. And we don't have all the details of where the talks are at with the XFL and the Rock. I believe it was March 10th that Randy Ambrosi dropped that bomb. And there's really been nothing said since. And... So we don't know how far down the line these talks have gone, but you and I are on the air every day for hours. So unless somebody wants to come on from the CFL and explain exactly what's going on, it leaves it open to speculation. And so <clears throat> I've heard the different talks that the Rock and the XFL only want certain markets, not all the markets. It'd be pretty scary to me, Andrew, if Toronto, BC, and Montreal left the CFL, and we were left with a six-team league in Canada. And it's still the Canadian Football League, and everything's the same. I would rather merge. I mean, the CFL, is at a fork in the road? Did they get big or did they go small? But staying the same is not palatable. And we have a saying in recovery. You know that I work as a full-time recovery coach in mental health and addictions. We have a saying that says, nothing changes if nothing changes. Make sense? So we're going to keep pounding our head against the wall if we don't make a decision here. The CFL needs to make a decision and they want to keep pounding a square peg into a round hole and play this year, and who cares if we can't fill the stadiums? It's just, it's just running it further into the ditch in my mind.
1: Hey, what happens, Rod, short-term, if um, you know what we're hearing is in fact true, and teams like the Argos and the Alouettes just don't want any part of a shortened season with the money that they'll lose without fans in the stands? Not that they were making any money or had many fans in the stands to begin with in brighter times.
0: What happens? The CFL doesn't play this year and they go full-on headlong into the merger. That's what happens, potentially starting next spring. I have heard that from enough sources, Andrew, that it could be a a Labor Day week Grey Cup as early as next year. I can't confirm that, but I've heard that. So if they don't play this year, I think it just accelerates the merger talk. Could you see anything different happening? Uh, it's pretty hard to,
1: and I know there'll be people, and, you know, we've heard it. You hear it on your show all the time. You know what, if they don't want to be a part of it, get the hell out of here, and we'll play (laughs) with the teams that do. But, uh, again, like, could it work? I mean, maybe, but there's something about losing 33% of your teams and the three biggest markets going to, you know, what would almost be a JV version of the CFL, even if you still have this six probably strongest community markets when it comes to cfl and three down
0: football well the scariest part of that is quite frankly there's a lot of league forefathers that want that and i don't but they want that 1960s era cfl where 85 percent of the rosters are canadian and they bring up maybe four to six americans and i guess you could do that but can you sell that like, Do you remember in the 90s, Andrew, when the American teams came to Winnipeg to play the Bombers? Here, it was exciting when the Sacramento Goldminers came to town or the Memphis Mad Dogs. It was exciting. I don't know about you, but I, that's, I'm all for it. To go smaller and fight, I, I, and, the, and what scares me is they're going to fight and infight this right into, the, into their death because they can't get on the same page as to where this should go.
1: Hey Rod one more for you and it is a football question but four down not three down what do you make of this Aaron Rodgers situation with the Green Bay Packers and how freaked out are the Packer fans that are watching the Rod Peterson show about what happened leading
0: into the draft they're speechless Huss. they're <laughs> speechless I'm like listen we get the Packers every weekend because of where we live on TV I don't have NFL uh, the package don't need it we get the Packers So I know enough of what's going on. They are in a conference championship. They're a good team. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) The fans literally don't know what to say. And the head coach, Matt LaFleur, said yesterday, I can't fathom, I can't get my mind around life without Aaron Rodgers. So what I see it is, is a divorce. And people are picking sides. It's like I'm on Aaron's side. I'm on the GM or owner's side or the president's side. It's done. It's not coming back. And I think that's maybe showing my age here at 48, how much players have changed, how the guys want out. The Jalen Ramsey's, the Deshaun Watson pre-massage gate. You know what I mean? Like if they want out, they they want out. And he says it. It still they say goes back to drafting Jordan Love last year. I just I can't believe that that's the genesis of this whole thing. Especially when Aaron Rodgers did the exact same thing in 2005. I, I I don't get the answer to it, but the Packers don't have an answer for it. The fans don't have an answer for it either.
1: No, I mean, it's, um, I mean, we all know a ton of old school, long time Green Bay Packer fans. And this is a franchise that has been incredibly blessed. You go from one of the all-time greats, Brett Favre, right over to Aaron Rodgers, don't miss a beat, win another Super Bowl. But the way they have been managed certainly, you know, was I mean, the, what they did at the draft last year was insane, to be perfectly honest. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You trade up to get Jordan Love, especially considering what happened when Rodgers went there behind Brett Favre in that entire scenario that didn't seem that good. And then you draft another running back in the third round. And by the way, the Minnesota Vikings just have Justin Jefferson fall to them, and they have to watch what he did as, I uh, believe, one of the offensive rookies of the year in the league last year. I mean... Rodgers is a prima donna. Make no mistake about it. Um, he is a me guy. But at the same point, um, he's one of the best quarterbacks on the planet, and you absolutely need that. And
0: I got to tell you... 17- That was 17 years ago. I'm sorry. The game's changed more now than ever. The second you step across that white line onto the field, they're trying to find your replacement. And it's not just the players, the coaches, everybody's looking over their shoulder. It's changed. The game's changed. Aaron should realize that they have to plan. He's what is he? 36, 37 years old. They got a 38. They got a plan for the post Rogers era and they did it with him. I'm actually, you're one of the first guys, well, Vernon Adams got up, mate, just like kind of you are. They agree with Aaron. But I just think having a backup plan was smart to do what they did last year. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, listen, big picture, you can certainly make that argument. But at the same point, they had a guy that went out, put on an MVP season that didn't have weapons that were available to them that would have certainly made them a better team last year and gave them a better chance to win the Super Bowl. And it's obvious that that has really strained the, uh, the relation <laughs> to finish up Well, Aaron Rodgers had the famous relax um, speech to Packer fans. Rod, on the way out, can you give the Rod Peterson relax speech to Winnipeg Jet fans about the current state of the hockey club in closing?
0: Winnipeg Jets fans, five letters. R-E-L-A-X relax it'll be okay man go jets
1: hey um uh where can uh, if folks haven't seen the show already obviously you're on daily on game plus network from 11 to 1 winnipeg time but um you're all over the internet as well how can people find follow subscribe and all that to the rp show
0: thanks us if bell mts is your cable we're on game plus just look forward every day you said 11 to 1 and then facebook live youtube live and if you want to listen through your headphones, you're working or whatever, rodpeterson.com. I appreciate that, buddy. Keep up well, the Rod, good work. Great,
1: great talking to you as always. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, There guys. he is. Hot Rod himself. That was a great conversation. Um, you know, a nice perspective on the Jets from outside of the market um, and some great football talk. Of course, CFL draft goes tonight. We'll kind of talk about what the Bombers did more so tomorrow uh, when we get after it. And Rod did mention that NFL draft cap I had, I know there's a number of you that tweeted me, tweeted Royal, that they picked them up. I saw Cardinals, Packers, Vikings. I had the Chiefs. Uh, Listen, Royal Sports, your number one spot for all licensed merchandise. And you want to get ready to get outside. They've got bikes. They've got the fitness equipment, soccer, baseball. And I've mentioned this before. If you have never tried disc golf, now might be a time to pick it up. I'm going to have, there is going to be a W, the first ever WST event event May very well be, I'm working on a beginner's disc golf event um, that we'll be doing outside. We can distance, could be a good fun time to meet some people. So we're working on that When is safe to do so. Uh, but if you want to try out disc golf, get down to Royal. They've got tons of beginner equipment, and you can check that out. And of course... Breezy Bend, our sponsor. You're going to pop by, actually, the golf course later on, maybe hit a few balls. Looking forward to getting out there today. Gorgeous course uh and with an incredible, <laughs> incredible country club setting. And there's a waiting list right now. That's how popular golf is and how great the course has been and just the, the vibe over at Breezy Bend. But if you do want to think about joining Breezy for next year, hit up Corey at the club or find out more online at breezybend.ca. All right, let's uh welcome in our man Brandon Rowicki joining us now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. B, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good, man. How's it going today? Uh well, I mean, I'm I'm rattled. I'm very rattled about what's <laughs> going on with the local hockey club. I can't sit here and BS everyone. I cannot believe we're talking about a seven-game losing streak. Um, you know, we'd had you know, I'd had similar conversations. Last Tuesday, coming out of the 6-1 loss to Edmonton, thinking like, wow, that was that had to be rock bottom. And maybe a bit better for performance on Wednesday. Um, certainly wasn't as bad as it was on Monday, but you lose again. And man, the Friday game still really stands out. It was important for Jet fans to have a couple days away uh, with no Saturday or Sunday game. Uh, because of the way that one, a depleted Habs lineup, you get two goals from Trevor Lewis, you have a two-goal lead with seven minutes left in the second period, and you lose in regulation again. And, um, you know, from where I stand, I mean, last night's game was, yeah, I mean, a better performance, but as Blake Wheeler said after the game, it sort of feels like they need to be perfect to get anything done, and they've been far from perfect over the course of the last two and a half weeks. Where are you at right now on the current status of the local squad?
4: You know, it's funny that uh, you had Rod Peterson on just before me, and, and Rod's the man, he's a beauty. But I, I heard him say right before he left, he, he threw out the Aaron Rodgers quote, right? Yeah. R-E-L-A-X? I put him up to it. Dude, isn't Aaron Rodgers getting moved in like a week? Maybe that's the <laughs> wrong guy to be quoting like, like Green Bay's about to be a, a, a hellhole if he gets moved. So may, maybe we should be quoting somebody else here. I you know I don't even know where you would rank that loss last night amongst the worst in the seven-game losing streak because of the opponent that they were playing, I, I don't think it was a step in the right direction, man. I mean, it's the Senators you're playing, and yeah, you... I mean, I, I guess on the bright side, you didn't give up a whole lot offensively, so that was good. Like, defensively, the Sens didn't have a whole lot, but I thought offensively, they were they were brutal. They, I mean, no high-danger chances. Whatsoever. I think they had two in the entire game. You know, I have, uh, like I've touched on a bunch with you, I have a lot of experience with crappy hockey teams in the past. And I was talking (laughs) with my brother about this, and I was like, Tyson, that looked a lot like the end of the Dave Haxtall flyers to me. Right? Like everything up to the points, let's get a point shot that the goalie can see, easy stop, cycle that goes nowhere, check, check, check. And nothing really happens throughout the entire 60 minutes. I mean, Gustafsson did make some nice saves, but if you look at the game as a whole, I thought it was pretty disappointing. I didn't think the Jets generated a whole lot. I don't think they answered anything whatsoever in terms of are they on the right path to to breaking this losing streak heading into Calgary tomorrow night. And it's so bad right now that we're not even talking about the fact that they blew another game late in regulation with under two (laughs) minutes to go, which is something they've done time and time again. Over the past three or four years in the Paul Maurice era, everything's so bad right now that it's like that gets pushed way outside. Yeah, that's like so that's like issues.
1: like the like the F uh, on our A B C D E yeah. F. This, uh, you know, late, so many other things going on. Well, listen, let's talk about the lack of goal scoring right now. And yes, Nikolai Ehlers is out of the lineup, and man, has he been missed? Um, you know, especially when you know in games like they had against Edmonton, where they had. A difficult time even getting possession in the Oilers' offensive zone. Um, You know, all those dump-ins to Mike Smith, they just say, thank you very much. He rips it up, and it's going right back the other way. So, for sure, Ealer's loss was a big one. It was nice to see Adam Lowry get back in the lineup last night. But um, for obvious reasons, a lot of the focus right now on this hockey club goes to the old faithful of... Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Kyle Connor. And I think it's safe to say the Jets aren't getting enough from any of those players right now, as hard as they might be working to try to get out of this.
4: Well, I mean, I thought Lowry Cop appleton was their best line last night. So, I mean, that was a positive for sure. And, and Lowry was a presence in the in the second half of the game, no doubt about it. We'll get to the top line in just a sec. But the the harsh reality that I think has set in for me, and a, and a lot of Jets Nation for sure, is that I don't think we're getting A-plus Pierre-Luc Dubois until next season, right? Like, he has been – and you can understand it to a point, right, like being traded and the pandemic and, you know, all everything that goes around it. He just hasn't fit in. He hasn't found his footing. Even who his best line mates are at this point 40 games into his tenure, we don't know any of that. And I think it would be, you know, naive to expect that Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be an impact player for the Jets, you know, down the last five games of the regular season and headed into the playoffs. So that's been a major, major point of, of worry for me in terms of trying to get some secondary scoring behind the, the elite guys. But, yeah, I, I mean, everybody knows how I feel about this, and I, I'm going to be echoing the same points that a lot of people had with Shifley, Wheeler, Connor. It's been three years since they've been an impact line. That's that's a long time in the NHL. Positive impact. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good point. Positive impact, and it just to me speaks to a further point that the coaching staff doesn't have any answers about how to fix it right now. You're going back to the well for something that was good three years ago and expecting it to kickstart the team right now. I I don't I don't even blame the players, man. Like right, like Shafley, Wheeler, Connor are probably looking at each other like. You know, we haven't had success as a trio extended. There's been pockets here and there. They've had, a you know, a great game. You know, I, I go back to last season. I think it was the game against the Oilers, the final one before the season was halted, where they basically won the game for the Jets. But as far as consistent impact over, you know, multiple weeks, what what's the evidence they've given you to suggest that they're going to find a way to rekindle that and turn it around right now. So well, the problem, the problem I see it be
1: is that you know when that line is together, especially with a guy like Eilers out, um, you know it's again it, it's all on the shoulders of that top line, and you know unfortunately in this division you're going up against the likes of Matthews and Marner one night and Drysaitl and McDavid and. You know, we've already seen how at times that has been a very uh, non-advantageous matchup for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, And again, maybe this comes back to, you know, the loss of Ehlers, the lack of finding, you know, a consistent, solid group with Pierre-Luc Dubois in the middle, which frees up Paul Stastny to play elsewhere, which of course allows the the Lowry line uh, at the third, uh, you know, at the three hole to go up against some of those matchups. Um, but really going back to the Nashville series, Brandon, I mean, Mark Shifley had what, 14 goals in 17 games. I mean, you can really look at two players, the way this team is currently constructed, Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, those two guys really will determine how far this team goes or, or whether they can get back on track more than anybody else in the lineup. And if they're not going, especially 55, it's going to be tough to win hockey games.
4: Yep, I mean that's the the harsh reality. That and that's what we've seen over this seven games, right? It's a bit of a, you know, a bucket of cold water to the face of of every Jets fan out there that, you know, this is this is the team we kind of thought they would be going into the year, right? Like I had them as, you know, fourth, fifth in the North Division, like hopefully they can squeak in. I mean, I think they're going to squeak in, right? They 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 should get into the. Playoffs.
1: We're planning we're planning a playoff clinch party on uh, Winnipeg Sports oh. Talk at some point over the course of the next two weeks. Whenever whenever those elusive <laughs> points actually happen, or maybe it'll just be Calgary losing.
4: Yeah, and I mean know, that that's probably the state bed way. right now is Calgary losing. But either way, they they should get into the playoffs at this point. Uh, it, it's just tough, right? Because you lean on your top guys so heavily. We've seen this. With, I mean, a handful of teams over the, the past several years in the NHL, even the best guys in the NHL go cold sometimes. Whether it's puck luck or, you know, they're just not on top of their game, you, you can't rely on even the best in the league to produce for you night in, night out. And the other problem, like I mentioned with Pierre-Luc Dubois, is that, you know, you, you think the Shifley line can go up against one of the other team's top two lines and, let's just say, even break even. The Lowry line can hold their own in, in a checking role. It's the Dubois, the – I mean, Ehlers did this when he was healthy, the Stasneys. That secondary scoring is what's so key to the Winnipeg Jets winning some of those battles, and that has been completely non-existent over the last seven games. And and like you touched on, it's what – it's why the Montreal loss hurts so much because you get two from Trevor Lewis. You got to win that game, right? That – I spent – Half the show yesterday
1: talking about that, <laughs> lamenting. I mean, you want to talk about a glorious opportunity. Your fourth line steps up, gets you two big goals, gets you a two-goal lead on the road, second half of the game. you got to shut that one down. And, well, we all saw what happened in the third period. Uh, that did not happen. I want to get to the blue line. Um, but a quick note, Pizza Week is on. Our friends at Boston Pizza have you covered. We've got the Walking in Memphis Pizza uh, which, by the way, Taylor, in the chat, tried last night. She won it on Friday, I believe. Congratulations to Taylor. And I know Tracy, a regular listener, is all fired up. Uh, she was the winner of the California Shrimp Pizza, which you can get at BP Charleswood or at all 11 BP uh, Winnipeg locations by calling 925-4111. Tomorrow, we're going to give away the Playoff Pizza Flight this is awesome. I tried this last week. It is so good. We've got the three signature six inch pizzas, three dips for $18.49. And the playoff pizza flight has the spicy pierogi, the meteor, and the bourbon barbecue chicken. And it comes with a Sriracha Ranch, Honey Dill, and creamy garlic dips. And, of course, goes great with a nice cold cruise Light Canadian or uh, a Vizzy. And you get the call-the-shot pin to win as well. You can win a VIP NHL experience, that ODR for next year, or instant Boston Pizza gift card. So, Pizza Week on. Check it out. Boston Pizza. Brandon, let's get to the blue line. Interesting change last night. Probably a long time coming. I- I'm still surprised we haven't seen more DeMello with Morrissey. But I'll tell you what, uh, Morrissey... Had maybe one of his best games of the season last night, shooting the puck, nine, a career high nine shots on on net, rewarded with a goal. Um, and it was a very different look when he was playing with Neil Pionk. What'd you think?
4: <sighs> All right, um, this is a PG. Is this PG the, the show or? <laughs> yeah, how, well, it's, that? it's as PG as you needed to be. We're on okay, the internet Okay, PJ, ish. Um, <laughs> you, you know, what? so the Morrissey Pionk pairing clearly works. That's not really the issue. It's, it's what happens when you put those two together, right? I mean, normally Logan Stanley's with Dylan DeMello, and DeMello's been tasked with, you know, kind of babysitting the youngster, and it's worked out so far well for Logan Stanley and what's been a breakout season for him. But we saw in the last goal, the, the game-winning goal for Ottawa, it was forward Stanley out there. And, I mean, it was pretty evident that that was a complete disaster. Ultimately cost the Jets at least one point. You just, I, I don't know if you can lean on, on Morrissey Pionk because the rest of the, the decor gets completely shredded at that point And you don't have. Are they a ready whole for 40 left. minutes a game? Yeah. I mean, may, maybe, right? Maybe you do the whole Chris Pronger back in the day where you just you, you throw the whole horse out there and, and see how long he can go for you. Um, I, I do agree, too. I thought that was Josh Morrissey's best game of the season. So, And he's been playing a lot better as of late. You know, it, it's not Josh Morrissey, in my opinion, that's the issue with the blue line here. You know, I took a look at the ice time in last night's game. Dylan DeMello played 11 minutes even strength, which was sixth out of sixth on the Jets blue line. So you cannot convince me that that is the best way to allocate minutes on the back end. It's a travesty. He, and I know he's been on the third pair, but he's been one of the best, if not the best, Jets blue liner outside of Neil Pionk this season. Playing him that few does the team a complete disservice, and I don't. I mean, I've been saying this for weeks, maybe months now, that Morrissey Demello needs to get put back together. T- to me, Tucker Pullman is best on the third pair, and he's had a rough go as of late. But I mean, it's kind of what you expect because he's being tasked with playing over his head, like he shouldn't be up against the other team's best night in night out. So, I mean, to me, that's the the first and easy step is Morrissey Demello gets put back together. It's just, it's so bizarre, right? Because obviously management liked Dylan DeMello enough to sign him to a multi-year extension and, and pay him pretty well in the process. The coaching staff hasn't even given him a sniff on the top pair since game one of the regular season. And it seems like they're really leaning on the fact that they feel like Morrissey DeMello got bullied in that Calgary series and they want to have some size beside Josh Morrissey. I don't disagree with that in theory, but at some point, you also have to spend a little bit of time in the offensive zone as well. And I'm willing to take the risk of Morrissey Demello getting "quote unquote" bullied and and maybe losing a couple of physical battles and and losing something in the size department, if it means the Jets are getting the puck out of their zone more efficiently and you know transitioning to offense where this team is most deadly.
1: Oh yes, transitioning to offense from the blue line. That would have a perfect segue into the. Um Rotation for that final spot. We've seen a lot of Jamie Ben or Jordy Ben lately. We saw Logan Stanley come back in, and for his part, I thought Stanley had a really strong game last night. I mean, it was very unfortunate that he ripped it off that guy's stick or skate, which basically led to the game winner late in the game. But I think the fact that he was even out there at that point, I think shows that you know the coach had some confidence in what they were doing. And to me, the confidence of Stanley when he played regularly, Brandon. (laughs) It came out, it improved every game, as did his play. And I really thought it took a bit of a step back when he was taken out after the trade deadline, came back in for one game, came out again. He looked more like that confident guy that was playing midseason. But um, they didn't get the win. We're still expecting that maybe that guy that can actually work the transition as well as any It gets in at some point. But uh, how do you see Maurice handling that? for the remainder of this season and if you had to bet who that sixth defenseman will be in game 1 of the playoffs, who's getting your nickel?
4: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would probably I don't I don't even want to say it. I would probably lean towards Ben. Like from like a, from Paul Maurice's perspective at yep. this point, right? I I don't I clearly disagree. I mean, Billy Hanala... <laughs> Billy Hainala might be this team's best puck mover. And he's been in the press box for a month and a half. So, but, and then the tough thing is you're asking the kid to come in essentially cold and, you know, no pressure. Can you try and kickstart our offense that's been dormant for a couple of weeks here? Right? I mean, I I would still give him a chance. I would love to see him get into the lineup. You know, we're seeing young defensemen, young small defensemen as well across the league. It's been a bit of a revelation for a while now. But Sam Girard isn't getting hurt out there in Colorado. Eric Brandstrom, for example, in Ottawa. I get it's a different situation with the Sens. You know, they're more willing to give their young guys a, a bunch of ice time. But Eric Brandstrom, to me, doesn't look lost out there. And if anything, he's been a standout each time the Jets have played the Senators the past uh, couple of meetings. It, it's it's just time to unleash the Finnish beast at this point. I, and I mean, like, what do you have to lose? Eight games. No, like, it's right not now. like it's going to get much worse out there. And well, you want to you want to know who played on D
1: the last time the Jets won a hockey game?
4: Billy Hanelum. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 he came in. They beat the Leafs. hasn't Haven't seen him since. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I'm not about to sit here in front of you and say, well, that was why they won that game. But it's, it's it's funny. I mean, you know, in the past, we've always heard, oh, I don't want to break up the winning lineup. Um, You know, you go in, you play well, your team wins, you'll probably stay in. That hasn't been the case. And, you know, maybe it's the size thing. Maybe there's just some element that, you know, he has not earned the trust of a veteran head coach yet. But I'm sort of with you at this point. I mean, uh, dude, coming out of the Edmonton game last week, the, the Monday, the 6-1 disaster... I said to a couple guys, I don't think I said it on the air, but I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if Stanley was back in, if Hanela was back in, like, if a few guys came into the lineup. I mean, man, we're seeing the law of diminishing returns on Derek Forbord, and listen, value for the money, he has been amazing this year. No one could have expected him playing as much or as well as he has so far with Neil Pionk throughout the year. A big part of that is his partner in the year Neil Pionk's had, but... Um, you know, as I said, we we have seen the law of diminishing returns. There's been some tough nights. I mean, even if just to give the guy a rest for a little bit to bring someone else in, I don't think would be a bad thing. And then maybe you get a bit better of an idea about what you really have as far as just keeping five guys in there, doing the exact same thing, and changing
4: the one guy on a nightly basis. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually thought, specifically on the the final goal for the Sens last night, I was like, Derek Forbert looks burnt. Like, he just looks toast out there. And I, he has been, I mean, it, it's been a rough couple of months for Forbert after a really, really solid start to the season. And I do wonder if, you know, or how much fatigue is playing a factor for him. I, I said in a tweet as well a little while ago that, you know, at this point, La Stanley in for Forbert and, you know, whoever it may be, Ben, you know, I, either one of those guys would be a major upgrade at this point to the team. And the Jets just keep trotting out essentially the same decor night after night, hoping for a different result. And I just don't know how much longer you can keep going that route. On top of it, you know, to me, it looks like this team needs an injection of of energy. And to me, having a little bit of youthful brashness would serve this team really well right now. And I think Vili Hanala could help kickstart this offense, if anything, just to change things up for the sake of changing it up a little bit. So we'll see what Palm Reese does. I'm not very hopeful the kid's going to get in, but I really do think he can provide a decent amount of offense for this team on top of it. You know, the same way Toby Enstrom, yeah, he might lose a a puck battle here or there, but the kid is really smart. Like he he knows where to be on the ice inside his own zone. I don't think he's going to be a major detriment to the team defensively on top of what he brings on the offensive side of things.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I'm sort of with you on that. And, and, you know, with the way things have been going, I mean, to your point, I mean, honestly, what do they have to lose right now? I mean, you know, with five games left in the regular season, struggling the way they are, maybe a few new faces. And speaking of an injection of energy, I mean, fingers crossed, they get that from 27 coming back into the lineup. But I mean, even as brilliant as he's been this season and dating back the last couple of years, it's still incredible, Brandon, to look at this team without Nikolai Ehlers and see what a massive hole that creates uh, up front.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most dynamic players in the NHL. He's their best player, a uh, best skater at least, outside of Connor Hellebuck. And hey, I, it, it's totally understandable to expect a decent amount of um, regression when it comes to scoring for the Winnipeg Jets while he's out there, but with Patrick Liney being shipped out for Dubois and Dubois not really providing that, that secondary scoring, you know, there really is nobody on this team that can basically carry a line by themselves like Nick Ehlers can. And I mean, he's been, he's carried the second power play unit all season long on top of it. You know, I mean, it's pretty evident to me, at least that he should be getting as many minutes or even more than Mark Shifley right now. That hasn't been the case while, even while he was in the lineup. So I'm with you, man. If if he's not there for game one of whoever they're playing in the playoffs, I just find it real hard to believe the Jets are going to make that a long series, let alone find a way to win it.
1: Uh Oh, Remus has been triggered in the chat room. Brandon Um, B Henderson said, not an excuse, but the Jets have not played a single road game this year in their own time zone. It's an underrated stat. I knew this would trigger Remus. We joke about this all (laughs) the time off the air. Winnipeg sports talk pretty done with hearing about time zones. Um, Listen, there are a number of challenges that the team is just going to have to wrap their heads around and get over. Um, and I think that much like uh, we talked about, they're far down the list, um, very far down the list, um, because honestly, this is going to be a matter of looking within. And I'm interested, what did you think about Maurice after the game last night? Um, you know, he's had, listen, there's nobody more experienced or veteran when it comes to handling situations like this, speaking with the media. Um, But, you know, you heard it from the captain and I think you heard from the coach that, you know, this is kind of coming to a head right now. and can really go one of two ways. Um, And it's scary to think about if it doesn't go the right way, the way this season could end and what that would do to a group that just a month ago looked like it was, you know, on the verge of really taking a step forward as a team, and as an organization.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I've mentioned it before and I just don't think the coaching staff has any answers right now. Like, honestly, from the start of this losing streak to that game last night in Ottawa, what's changed? I don't, I don't the, record, the record. The record. <laughs> <laughs> the L column has changed a little bit. That's about yeah. it, right? But the lineup, for the most part, has basically stayed the same. The decor has stayed the same, minus when Morrissey Pionk had put together when they're trailing in the third period. I mean, the power play looks the same. How they attack offensively is the exact same. Edmonton all season long has burned the jets up the middle of the ice coming through the neutral zone. And we've seen the Oilers odd man rush after odd man rush. Connor McDavid had a thousand breakaways in one of the games. Nothing's changed. And it's like I said, I was kind of joking about this earlier. I've seen a number of coaching tenures end with the flyers. I I know what it looks like. I have experience with that. I, I don't think the jets have quit whatsoever. Like they're playing hard, right? I mean, they tied the game last night. Yeah probably deserved a better fate than losing in regulation if we're being totally honest. But it just, to me, it does feel like this is the beginning of the end of the Paul Maurice era here in Winnipeg. And on top of that, you know, it, it's pretty crazy that it's gone this long. He's the second longest tenured coach in the NHL. The only one that's been with their team longer is the guy that just got fitted for a Stanley Cabrinha a couple of months ago. Like the, fa- the fact that Paul Maurice has been the coach of the Jets for seven years is a hell of an accomplishment in and of itself. And it might just be one of those things like we see throughout the NHL. You know, coaches kind of last three, four years with a team. And and we see a change. And and sometimes just that change, a different voice behind the bench, can be the spark plug that a club needs. And I I do wonder if we're ultimately starting to see, you mentioned, you know, where this leads, what path this could go down. To, To me, unless we see some kind of miraculous turnaround, and a first-round series victory against Edmonton or Toronto, it, it does feel like this is the beginning of the end and, and maybe a new path is starting this offseason.
1: Yeah, it's certainly going to give us lots to talk about um, going up and down every single ounce of Winnipeg Jets news in the offseason and uh, we get there. Brandon, can I interest you in a uh, in a nineteen-nineteen? Dude, maybe uh, little Hefeweizen. Well, that's the thing. We can't get together right now, but I promise you, I've got uh, a couple delicious little brown jugs for you the next time we uh, actually can do it outside, safely, socially distanced, of course.
4: Hell yeah. You, sh- you should have got Remo to, to send one by FedEx over. We could have popped one earlier this afternoon.
1: <laughs> wouldn't it, be, it wouldn't be such a bad idea? Well, there's still plenty of time in the day. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course, that's a nice, I know you're a big fan of Little Brown Jug, but also uh, all the great local restaurants, the great talk you've got on Skates and Plates, no shortage of topics, as uh, we're enjoying right now with the hockey club. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes these losing streaks are good for business. They're not a lot of fun when you're emotionally uh, yes. tied into it. But uh, fill everybody in on skates and plates and know what you got cooking these days.
4: Yeah, so skates and plates. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki, uh, the pod at Skates Plates Pod as well. And, and yeah, I mean, it's been there's actually been a, a decent amount of food talk as of late, man. I mean, you mentioned pizza week. This is the best week of the year, and 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 Boston Pizza is doing a hell of a job. With I mean, the flights alone are are outstanding, but some of the pizzas they're throwing out is 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 great. I don't know if you saw. I know you're a big fan of Tommy's as well. Did you see Tommy's entry? Uh, you know what? I'll be honest.
1: I have not really gone out and checked out all of the incredible varieties of uh, of pies. But being a neighborhood spot in and around, I certainly will check it out. Now, are, are you going back there for Are, are you going to doing a, a special episode every single day this week so you can just eat the pizza all around the city? <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. I'm going to give Tommy a call and, hey, can you help me out here? I'll give you a little pup for it. No, I, I mean, I'll, I'll make the walk over there, grab a pie from him. Um, so I, we had him, and, and he's great. Uh, world champion pizza maker, by the way. Uh, but last week, uh, spoke with uh, Mandel Hitzer of Deer and Almond. I mean, a, wor- a world famous chef. He's outstanding. And uh, actually, the sous chef at Deer and Almond, Emily Butcher, is on Top Chef Canada right now. Ooh. I know. I know Remo's a big fan. No Emily's spoilers.
2: <laughs> no, no spoilers. I <laughs> yesterday. No spoilers. <laughs>
4: <laughs> she's just on she's just yeah, on. She's on we yeah, don't yeah, know she's what happens I won't, I won't spoil it for you buddy i've only seen uh, the
2: first two so my wife got me into it so i know that she's on we're cheering for her but i haven't seen yesterday i know they were promoting it like on instagram so uh no spoilers but
4: yeah no she's spoilers. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she had she had a bit of a rough one in, in episode two yeah. so we'll see if there's redemption in episode three but she's killing it and, and she's outstanding and then on friday we're actually talking to uh, a new spot Called two hands winnipeg um they're a catering pop-up sort of a joint uh two of the guys i think they visited london for a couple years now they're back here in winnipeg so a really interesting story for them uh they're setting up different spots in different locations across the city so super jack to get into that with them and i think we're also going to be having some former jets join the pod as well in in the time to come here so we're, we're busy. I got my little bro, too. He's, he's joining me on some of the podcasts. He's in broadcasting school right now. So it's been kind of fun seeing how uh, how the new generation's coming up here, and he's he's been doing a pretty good job as well. <laughs> the new generation. Get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> this is great. Uh, listen,
1: all the best with that. Let's do this again real soon. We love having you on here. Very popular amongst our Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners, Brandon, and Aww. I know you're busy, but uh, just keep up the great work, and uh, as long as you've got time for us, we've always, always got a spot here for you, and I will get you one of those 1919s or one of the other amazing little brown jug offerings the next time we hook up.
4: Yeah, I downed a a venti dark roast right before we hopped on here, so I'm kind of I'm a little buzzy right now. But I'd rather get a little buzzy off some LBJ. So, Uh,
1: by the way, I didn't I I am remiss. I did not even comment on your hair. Looks great as always. No, it's not.
4: It was not a good hair date. And and like my widow's peak is is killing it right now. (laughs) I'm going to come back with a vengeance next time. But lots of love to the listeners. Love you guys. Appreciate you. And and yeah, dude, just give me a call anytime. Not like I got anything better going on here.
1: Great stuff. Keep up the awesome work with skates and plates, and let's do this again soon, Pete. Sounds good, buddy. There he is, the man himself, Brandon Rewiki. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki. And as I said, I showed you this, uh, the, uh, the 1919. We were talking about Pizza Week, and Little Brown Jug Brewing is teaming up with some of your favorite local restaurants to offer $1 off pints or cans of 1919. There it is, during Winnipeg's inaugural Pizza Week. Until May 7th, you can also win a $100 Little Brown Jug gift certificate by entering in the 1919 and pizza contest. All you got to do, simply snap a photo of your 1919 and pizza pair from one of the participating partners. Tag Little Brown Jug in the restaurant, post it to your Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and use the hashtag 1919 pizza. For more details, visit any of Little Brown Jug's social channels and look for the pizza post. And definitely, if you haven't already, it would be great social media presence for Little Brown Jug. Give them a follow, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you are on that. So, uh, man, this great little bit on uh, what Little Brown Jug's doing for pizza week. We're going to have to get some pies going. Well, as I said, we had Tracy and Taylor, winners of our first two. Tomorrow will be the playoff pizza flight with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. But in the meantime, wherever you're going, grab a 1919, grab a pie, take a pick, tweet it, and uh, you'll be in for a $100 Little Brown Jug gift certificate and some more great stuff from Little Brown Jug. Great to have them on board. And I should mention, Assiniboine Downs, we talked about it yesterday. We're less than two weeks away from the start of live racing this year. Live racing does return to Ascendavoie down spectator-free Monday, May 17th, with their first parade to post at 7:20 p.m. This again a season will again feature large wagering pools, setting up a chance for the big big score. You can watch and wager on Canada's largest legal horse race wagering site, HPIBet.com. It only takes a few minutes to open an account, and you are off to the races. And we cannot wait to uh, fire up HPIBet. Remus and I will be going head to head throughout the season with picks for what's going on nightly at Assiniboia Down. Speaking of Michael Remus, let's get Remo back here. And you know, you're doing quite the job with these Star Wars backgrounds today, Reem. Um this has been uh, this has been some outstanding work from uh, you on the production side of things.
2: We got to have fun. It's uh, Star Wars day. Everyone's getting in on social media. if you are listening on the podcast, you'll have to check out our YouTube feed. Uh, Hustler Has been everywhere. He's been on the Millennium Falcon. He's been in (laughs) hyperspeed. He's been on the Death Star. (laughs) I've got it. I've got it all. The Star Wars website had like, hey, here's some sweet backgrounds you can use for your meeting. Uh, Actually, my dad that's that good we're
1: not going to get a dcma violation for the uh, for the background pictures from uh, lucas films or anything yeah, like that yeah <laughs>
2: they've uh, they put them on their own website for people to use so i mean if anything it's free advertising for star wars so they should be appreciating this i mean there are a couple star wars fans who are enjoying it uh there's a couple people in chat who are like Whoa, wh- where is hustler right now i like have you not heard of the millennium falcon come on and, uh, I think someone was calling me Huss Solo in there. Uh, which, yeah, Huss uh, Solo. Uh, good work to whoever came up Wait, with that one. comments. The Jets need Chewbacca on defense, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. maybe Brent Burns. <laughs> so we're having fun. You're, uh, you're in hyperspace right now. We're going light speed. So we've got a bunch of different... Yeah, we want to go back to the future about two and a half weeks ago at the
1: beginning, uh, seven games ago to be exact, and uh, just do a do-over for the last two and a half weeks for our local hockey team, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Unfortunately wishful thinking for all of us, but still a little bit of a tread left on the tires. Hey, Remo, before we get to the cool bet lines of the day, um, why don't we hear, we've spent a lot of time talking jets for the last hour with Rod, with Brandon. We did promise those comments from Coach Maurice if people didn't uh, hear them before. And the first one, you know, Coach was asked about, you know, the the challenge from a coaching standpoint of keeping the group up, staying positive, despite, you know, some serious adversity and, you know, the longest losing streak they've had you know in 10 years and the coach said you know it talked about you know the job that is going to keep players up is certainly yeah uh, well it's not a new conversation here's the coach
3: yeah I mean it's a conversation that's been going on for a while right it's, it's not starting tomorrow we've been and, I, and I'm actually I'm proud of the way they're handling it. I mean I, nobody likes it but they've done the right things right they stayed together they were good on the ice yesterday they were good in the morning and they were good tonight and they, and 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 they're they're trying, and then things that that sometimes come easy for them. Handle in the pockets, that we're squeezing it a little bit. We have six power plays, and we don't score. But they didn't they didn't let that affect their five on five game. Right, they went back out on their five on five shift and did it right. And those are hard things mentally to do. Somebody slamming doors, and 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 look at it's not that there should be like they don't care enough. That that's we've already gone through the phase of everybody barking. Now we're we're, we're making sure that that. That we're doing this together and, and and trying to be as supportive as we can. All
1: right. So there's the coach on keeping the group together, keeping them up and working through this together. And you know, we've heard similar comments from a number of the members of the Winnipeg Jets. Blake Wheeler spoke to it last night. And, you yeah, know, listen, it's there's it's they're fragile right now, I would say. Um, but um, you know, being fragile ain't gonna get it done in the playoffs, and it won't get it done in these final five games. And You know, I think that we saw certainly the work ethic that you need to bring to the rink every night to give yourself a chance to win last night. Some things didn't go their way. They'll get another crack at it. Um, And really, this would be an elimination game, Remo. Hey, the Flames bounced the Jets out of the bubble in August. Maybe this was just a long play to give themselves the opportunity to take on the Flames and end their season themselves coming up on Wednesday night. Uh, I thought. thought Am I
2: reaching here? I thought Mike Smith uh, ended their season before. He seemed very proud of that uh, on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Jets, I don't think they care about the Flames. I think they're trying to get a win and trying to continue to play their game. So we'll see what their game is uh, tomorrow night. 8.30 start. I am I'm. I think 8.30 is a great time to start the game. I'm very happy with that. So um, now that's 9.30 in the Jets' time zone. Uh, so we'll see how it affects them. We know... You know how they've been plagued it's, by oh. by playing in the wrong time zone all year. I think <laughs> you uh, hate the time zone. I, I think a couple here. months ago, you said to me that time zone talk was banned. But was banned.
1: Uh, well, I we're, just brought it up for because whatever someone we can.
2: someone mentioned it, and I knew that you would be
1: triggered. And then I saw you tweeting, uh, sending a comment back to them about the time zone. So yes, the ban on time zones was lifted momentarily, thanks to B Henderson in the chat. Um, But we'll put it back on the band's list. (laughs) You mentioned
2: time zones yesterday. I regret.
1: I was probably cracking a joke or something like that. Because, again, everyone plays in different time zones. It happens. The times of the games are what they are. No one's going to feel sorry for you because your game started
2: an hour later and you didn't play well in the first period or whatever it is. You You just got to deal with it. You don't know how much uh, going on the plane affects you, man. It takes a lot out of you, you, that that travel. (laughs) Hey, man, the Jets are traveling east to west they're crossing like three time zones. So tomorrow, I mean, I know they've lost seven in a row, but they're going to be really up against it after going away. So you got the, okay, let do with math. ETHS time zone, central time zone, math, mountain time zone. That's two time zones. They've got one day to recover. So they're not speaking to the media today. Today's a big travel day. Hopefully they can use that and rest up. What's the record when they travel from one city to another? Because someone mentioned the... Well, it's home. probably
1: been. Pre- it's been good.
2: Their road record's been amazing this
1: year. Okay. It's the coming at home and playing games at home that have been an issue. Uh, at least up until this point. Well, there's a lot of issues right now. I'm not. Uh, listen, I I still think that they can maybe salvage something out of these final five games and, you know, get to a point where they can be competitive against a Toronto or Edmonton right now. But. The time really is running out. And, you know, assuming this team will be in the playoffs, although, again, we still are waiting for our big WST Jets playoff clinch party, which who knows when we'll actually be able to have that, um, that... You know, get coming to the postseason. Once you're done with these five games, um, it's going to be short and sweet. If there are not major, major changes, and of course, get Nick Ehlers back in to boost the lineup and add some energy to a team that's really struggling.
2: Yeah, we do have one more clip from Paul Maurice. This was uh, this was the clip everyone was talking about last game. Of course, when you go on a seven game losing streak, and you know you're going from first place to now they're going to make the playoffs, but going from last place no, sorry, the last playoff spot, fourth place. Going to be a lot of questions. Paul Maurice hearing all the noise out there. I think that's us, right? Are we making the noise? There's probably been a little I, bit of noise I, here. I, I mean,
1: listen, I don't expect anything to happen, but I mm. certainly understand why people are talking about it, why fans are mm. irate, why fans are thinking maybe it's time to move on. And listen, I don't think anything's happening in, in the short term, but I'll tell you what, if this doesn't turn around and this season ends on this note and a quick exit... Um, I think probably for the first time, there'll be some long, serious conversations about how they go forward. Uh, but again, there's financial situ- considerations. Maurice has, you know, term left on his contract that a not in- insignificant amount. The team's not taking in money right now, do they want to take all that. So all of that will be thought. But I still do think and really do believe the organization from ownership to the general manager believes in Paul Maurice, um, and he's going to have that you know, opportunity to get this fixed, but here's what he had to say last night when I believe it was Billick asked him about, uh, you know, if he's feeling the heat on his seat,
3: I'm not worried about it at all. and I mean, it has nothing to do with keeping it. It's the set of circumstances that you're in. You, you can't, you, you just don't want it to affect you. I mean, this is a tough situation. Um, I don't, I don't have any problem with the heat. I do this every day. I'm here every day. I know what's going on. We're trying to fix it. Um, guys are played hard tonight they're playing hard they're competing hard they're sticking together that's the only path out of this it's the right path and and uh so i'm not going to spend a minute worrying about that
1: and you know what that's exactly what you want to hear from the coach um you know he needs to be he needs to be level he needs to be even keeled right now there's probably a time during this losing streak where he's lost it um certainly would have been interesting to hear what he had to say to the team after that you know the game on saturday where shifley was benched or the six to one loss to edmonton or even the way the team played friday in montreal i think we heard from the coach last night he realized that this team's working as hard as they can to get out of it uh but the results still aren't there and I guess it's just fingers crossed, Remus, that they can get a few of these results and just feel good about themselves again in this final couple weeks of the season uh before the games and the wins and the losses really do matter.
2: Yeah, he handled that question pretty well. I mean, about as well as you can do. Um and we know that he's very very skilled at uh fielding all, all the types of questions that a coach uh, a coach gets. Didn't have to pull out the hot dog uh clip you know no. yesterday, but uh <laughs> I mean, what's what's he gonna say? No, I'm scared that I'm gonna get, get uh, you know get the axe. You know, there's a lot of coaches who go on less winning streaks that uh, you know lose a job from it. So uh, yeah, they're hanging in there. They're gonna keep uh, you know keep uh, banging away, and we'll see how it goes tomorrow.
1: Yeah, James Robinson asking, how long is the coach's contract? I believe it was a three-year extension that was done during the 20 season. So um, there's still some more time left on it. Uh, Tracy says if the team had quit, you'd see it. Don't think that they have. They're just frustrated. They definitely are frustrated, and I'll agree. I don't think they've quit. There was a couple times at particular moments earlier in the losing streak where you really wondered – what the buy-in was like, but I don't think there was any questions about that last night. Um, But that makes that sort of a loss that much more frustrating for the guys in that dressing room because of how hard they played, what they did generate, the amount of power play opportunities they were able to create, um, just without any luck uh, around the net.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, look, the the bottom line is, though, they didn't win. And the losing streak goes from 6-7. to Um, They had a lot of chances. Um, You know, Morrissey even played, had a great game. But at the end, you give up a goal. You don't even get a point. You give up a goal in the final minute, which we've seen them do before. You know, they're having this end-of-season tail slide, which we've seen before. Um, And I I feel like we've kind of been down this road, and, you know, not much has really changed. I mean, they're still rocking this uh, Connor Shafley-Wheeler. You know, they tried some other things. They didn't work, and we've seen this line in the past that has some questions defensively. Um, As Brandon said, this Dylan DeMello has been buried on the third deep pairing all year, tasked with carrying these, uh, you know, the bottom pair guys instead of being with Josh Morrissey on the top line. So there's some things that they could switch. We'll see if they make any changes. Billy Hainala, I think this is the other one, and Elliot Friedman mentioned this on the 31 Thoughts podcast. You yeah. said to me that even he was puzzled that Kevin Shavalev says after the trade deadline, you know what? I think we have some guys here internally that can make a, make a play. Uh, Vili Hainala is one of them. And I even remember before the start of the season, Craig Button telling us, you know, TSN head scout, Vili Hainala, he's NHL ready, and you saw him at the World Juniors. He's played one game since, uh, Shevel Dayoff said that. So, I mean, there seems to be some kind of a disconnect between what the GM wants to see or what he's saying publicly and what the coach has been doing. And it's kind of well, funny. I think it's fu- Like, it's a co- total coincidence that the one game, that, you know, the last game they won was the game he was in the lineup. <laughs> Like, I think it's a coincidence. I mean, we're not saying, but it's kind of funny. No. So that the the GM says one thing, and that's not even getting acted on Mike McIntyre said that yesterday, and he says yesterday to us that he had a a column coming up. So I think that's something uh, to look at going forward. All right. Well, let's uh, get to the uh, cool bet
1: lines of the day for uh, today, Reem. Um, Not a busy night in the National Hockey League. And again, I went over all of it with Dustin Nielsen. We've got some picks for you for tonight. Underdogs, baseball, and all in the Lock Shop. Check my Twitter afterwards if you want to check that out. And you can search Lock Shop on whatever your preferred podcast feed if you want to check that out. Um, Islanders and Sabres tonight. Islanders, big road favorites. Minus 263. Carolina Hurricanes, huge favorites at home, minus 303 against the Chicago Blackhawks. you got the Bruins, minus 250 at New Jersey. And Pittsburgh, who got pumped last night, 7-2 by the Flyers, looked to get back in the win column. I like them tonight, minus 167 on the road. And then we've got Edmonton and Vancouver. Remus, check this out. So the Oilers are minus 208 to win the game. But the real interesting lines here are on the player props. Connor McDavid over one and a half points is minus one twenty eight for two points. How about three points for Connor McDavid after he got four last night? Over two and a half points is plus two ninety. That was down from, I think three twenty a little bit earlier. You know, with McDavid on this tear that he's on right now, I mean, he's pushing for a hundred. And I have a feeling they would love for him to get a hundred with a few games left and maybe they could rest him. And I think that means, Those over props on two and three points against the Vancouver Canucks, Dreamers are very much in play tonight at CoolBet.com.
2: Yeah, I was all over uh, him last night in DraftKings. Uh, Unfortunately, the rest of my lineup did not go well, but he's going for 100, and there he was yesterday against Vancouver. I mean, what a... What a great division to go for 100 in a in short season. <laughs> the ones with the uh, poorest uh, defensive team. So, Well, the
1: funny thing is, yeah. you know, people look at Ottawa and they look at Vancouver, but, you know, it's the Winnipeg Jets that he's abused the most with 22 points against the Jets this season. Uh, but now with 91 points on the year, six games left to get 100, um, don't be surprised if he just drops a couple three spots early on and then can maybe get a little bit of rest as Dave Tippett gets his club ready uh, for what looks like it's going to be home ice in the first round of the playoffs against either Winnipeg or the Montreal Canadiens.
2: Yeah, and I see a lot of people on Twitter um, getting really angry with the Jets, Huss, for depriving hockey fans of a <laughs> leafs Canadiens first-round series. Like People are going to be really mad if the Jets like, go on this. Like No one would have saw this coming a couple of weeks ago. And I was saying a month ago that you got nothing to complain about if you're a Jets fan. Everything's going great. And uh, how quickly things turn. And if they, Jets, deprive hockey fans of a Leafs-Habs first-round series, people are going to be pissed, man. They won't forget about this. What if they just go and
1: deprive the Leafs of a second-round series in round number one? Complete turnaround. And you know what? The yeah. funny thing is, Reid, you know, the Jets, uh we talked about how they were winning all those games as underdogs throughout the year. And just it seemed like the books had just sort of started waking up to the Jets about the last month. And now we see where they are right now. So they'll certainly be back heavily in the underdog category going into the postseason. So um, who knows? Maybe that'll, maybe that. Turnaround will uh, be a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets. Not a lot of people expecting a lot from this team right now, but I think we all know there's much, much more um, that's there. Cool bet Lines, we'll tweet them out. You can get the link on our Twitter, at Sports Talk WPG, and um, you can get out there. Use your promo code WST if you want to do that. Five games in the league tonight. Um, Remo, what's uh, what's on the agenda for you as we uh, get into a Tuesday night game? Um, probably a little streaming, some games, maybe some parenting.
2: Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not talking about Tom Wilson? You haven't weighed oh. in? Come on. Tom what did we do? Wilson. I thought this was a sports show. I, I thought we did that
1: at the start of the program. Yes, I've been talking with that. We forgot about it. Today. Well, let me ask you, I, you know, before I give my hot takes, Tom Wilson, $5,000 fine. For what happened last night against the Rangers, uh, seemingly attacking Pavel Bushnevich while he was face down on the ice and then absolutely ragdolling Artemi Panarin in what looked like a very dangerous play that could have smashed his head on the ice. It didn't. But a lot of people expected that Tom Wilson would be getting another suspension. NHL player safety didn't agree. Where'd you come in on it?
2: Yeah, I mean, these $5,000 fines are a, are a joke. I mean, <laughs> uh, McDavid getting fined earlier. I mean, they're not deterring anyone from anything. I know it's bargained for by the CBA. It's a max they can do, but come on. Like, let's get some real – can we get real fines in there, Huss? Is that, is that possible? But Well, it's I mean, not right now under the current CBA. I mean, look, he – so he, like, put his stick over Butch Nevesh's neck and dragged him to the ground and then punched him, what, in the back of the head when he's on the ground? And then gave a judo toss to a helmetless Panarin, <laughs> who luckily hit a the ice shoulder. That,
1: that yeah, was a judo that toss. That was a
2: Ronda Rousey judo judo toss. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, Panarin didn't hit his head on the ice. Because if he did hit his head and like get injured, then Tom Wilson probably would have had a longer suspension. So I think that's. I mean, the the, the Rangers were upset. Said he's got no respect, and it's pretty. I think it's pretty clear. I mean, look, this is Tom Wilson. Guy's got a long history. I don't know how it's only a five thousand dollar fine. A lot of people upset, and a lot of people even more upset with the uh, Capital social <laughs> media team following <laughs> a, the tweet from yesterday, which was poorly drawn and made no sense. Uh, it was one, those, uh, was
1: one of those was one of those living rent free
2: memes with that weird, creepy uh, face. Yep, there it is, right there. If when you're watching is... with us live. I don't know what I don't know what this means. I think and I think there was a tweet that it got deleted half hour after but the graphics accompanying it was like at Capitals violence. I mean, it seems like the Capitals are seem to be unaware of uh, <laughs> t- I don't know, the type of player and people were very upset. So it's kind of a uh, kind of a joke. And the other thing too, I think we should we didn't even mention this. Uh, it was in the Jets game yesterday. Someone mentioned this to me. So Perot and who was it Josh Brown? Um. Yeah. yesterday. So, if you high-stick a guy in the face, house, automa- and he bleeds, automatic four minutes. Yes. Y- yesterday, Josh Brown cross-checks pro in the face. So, because it's a cross-check and not a high-stick, uh, they both get two minutes. Uh, well done. <laughs> well done there, officiating. Hey, I got his coincidental minor's worth. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, listen, that was just at a bad time for the Winnipeg Jets, because they'd had so many power plays, and we know how Refereeing works in the National Hockey League. That you know you don't want to keep on giving the same team man advantage after man advantage, even if they're deserved. Um, but it didn't. I mean, it didn't help the Jets last night. They got they earned a bunch of penalties. Couldn't get it done on the power play, and that would be a big big boost for the team if they want to get back in the win column. You know, start winning that special teams battle because when your power play goes over six and you give up a shorty, um, you're giving your opponent oh. every opportunity to win a game that maybe they don't
2: deserve. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not excusing um, the Jets' power play at all. I'm just saying, hey, this blood component on the high sticking, making it auto four minutes, is dumb. And uh, so what, he cross-checked a guy? Because it was a cross-check and the guy was bleeding? I mean, it's, it's maybe some guys bleed easier than <laughs> others. It's, uh, it's an odd odd thing. Let me ask you this before we go. If Kulbet was going to put out a line
1: for will Tom Wilson be suspended during the Stanley Cup
2: playoffs, what would you put the the number at? Like, plus 200? Plus 150? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think 150 to 200 is accurate. Like, it's
1: not big. Like, for any other player, it would be like 10 to 1 or 20 to 1. For Tom Wilson, it's just slightly over an even money bet, especially considering what just happened.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, and it's amazing how... I mean, he's a good player too. He scores, and then he oh yeah, then he scored a goal actually, and the Capitals' Twitter was like rubbing it in everyone's everyone's face. I don't think that's something to be proud of. I mean, throwing doing a judo throw on a helmetless player. I'm
1: I don't out think you out should on be Tom celebrating Wilson. that. Can like, would know, I like to have him on my team? Absolutely. Could it. the Jets use a guy like that? A hundred percent. That being said, can't stand him. And as long as he's on another team, uh, no time for him. And yes, the fine was an absolute joke, but. I do think he's on notice right now. Although he didn't get seven so, games earlier this yeah, year already, so he's a, maybe he's not.
2: <laughs> he's not. I mean, it's in. It's. I mean, any other player? Yeah, sure. You're not really. Maybe you're like, okay, he just went nuts. But I mean, this guy's got a pretty serious history, and player sa- player safety uh, doesn't seem to care. So I don't know. What like whatever? I guess. What What are we gonna do? People are yelling. Twitter was on fire from it last night. Oh God! Yeah. No,
1: there's no one that gets hockey fans more uh, he is one of the more polarizing players in all of hockey Um, yeah, he's a dirty player, he's big, he's strong he's tough, he'll win you hockey games and he'll also cost himself a number of paychecks doing something stupid as we've seen many times before and to be honest I thought that time was last night But NHL player safety didn't agree. Um, Man, great show today. Thanks to everyone for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the uh, thumbs up button, folks. Hit that like button if you wouldn't mind. Uh, You can close the chat and do it if you're looking on a mobile. And for anyone that's with us live on YouTube that hasn't, hit the red subscribe button. Please do so you can join us every day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for our sponsors. The Little Brown Jug Brewing Company, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Cool Bet, Nick and Nicky, DQ Group, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, and Not Auto Corp. This has been another Tuesday afternoon edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Tomorrow, we'll get ready for the Flames game. Matt Larkin from the Hockey News will join us, as will Ken Weeb coming on a little day earlier than he normally does, so we'll have plenty to talk about on the Jets. Tomorrow's game against the Calgary Flames, and a look ahead to um, you know what the playoff picture looks like with uh, everything that's happened over the past few years. Uh, Remo, any parting uh, parting thoughts for everybody in the chat? Uh, chat of the day. Anyone you want to give a shout out to?
2: I'm just having fun uh, for Star Wars Day, uh, making your <laughs> change up your backgrounds. But I'm not. I'll never do. They get to do this again. Maybe once a year. But, yeah, you're you're going everywhere on uh, it was the galaxy. An, it, it,
1: you, you nailed it today. That was, um, you know, and if you're listening to it on the podcast just for fun, hit up the YouTube while you're there. Make sure you subscribe, and uh, you can see all the wonderful mm-hmm. Star Wars backgrounds, which is funny coming from you, not a Star Wars no. guy. I'm not a Star Wars guy. Not. But, you know what, much like, uh, you know, much like all the other important holidays, like, you know, um, Halloween, 420, uh, you really just, you really dive in head first and be a part of the movement.
2: Yeah, well now what I'm going to do is I'm going to screenshot all the pictures of you like in different parts of Star Wars and then tweet it out and hopefully people will – I'll use the hashtag (laughs) May the 4th be with you and hopefully people (laughs) like it and maybe a few more people can stumble on. It's just – that's how you play the social media game. If there's like a national day, you got to get on top of it and let everyone know that you care about it. So they can yeah. uh, like Where do use- we have a list? Do we is there a list of national days? Yeah. Like, you know, it-
1: tomorrow could be like national peanut butter sandwich day and day is gonna be, you know, mm-hmm. a national root beer day or oh. something like that. And we can we can get ahead of these things and
2: be like industry leaders at the forefront of all these ridiculous days. Yeah, tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo, so I'll have to have I'll have to have oh. you do something. Yeah.
1: Margaritas
2: well, yeah. we'll definitely have some
1: fun with that. And actually, are actually going to crank out a couple new uh, Little Brown oh, Jugs tomorrow great. as
2: well. We'll tell everyone about that. Great comment from Paul before we go. Huss says he wants Wilson on the team, then mentions his downfalls. You're all idiots talking out of your asses. <laughs> this shit is why I stay off social media. Thanks, Paul.
1: Hey, I stand by that. I can't stand the guy. There's a lot. Brad Marchand, I can't stand a guy. Um, but I'll tell you what, um like – Check his jewelry box. He's a pretty big part of that Stanley Cup. Uh, that Stanley Cup winner. And as much as he might be a menace to society, um, better to have that guy on your team than who you're playing against. For, so uh, for, listen, I would. I'm, there's not a lot of people that wouldn't take Tom Wilson. Um, as much as he is a detestable individual when he's on the other team, and that was garbage last night. I saw Thank former... you for the
2: comment, Paul. Former uh, official Paul Stewart said to, uh, Tom Wilson was a fake tough guy because he went after Panarin and Bucinevich, and he's not going after uh, the Rangers' tough guy. Did the Rangers even have a tough guy? Does anyone have tough guys anymore? Yeah, not very many of them. That's for sure. John Scott had
1: an interesting piece today. Not a fan yeah. as well of what happened last night. So um anyways, I'm not a big John Scott guy, but I'm with him uh, I'm with him on this. All right guys, listen. Uh great to have you all with us today. Thanks again, spread the word on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hit the uh, subscribe button, tell your friends. We'll be back tomorrow. Ken Weeble join us. Matt Larkin from the Hockey News. We'll see whether the Jets can get it together and get back in the wind column tomorrow night against the Calgary Flames. And uh, yes, as Michael Rima said, May the Fourth be with you. Great work to Rima on the backdrops today. Uh, great stuff, lots of fun. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We'll see you tomorrow here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night.
0: Oh my God! Oh! Shut it down. Let's go. Home.
3: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily.